0: If you're new with us, today is Vision Sunday. I like to take a time out once or twice a year just to talk to our church about the vision of people's church. You say, well, why would you pause from a series and talk about vision? Well, let let me tell you why. Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 18. I love how the King James Version renders this verse. It says, well, there is no vision. The people perish. People perish without vision. Organizations become ineffective without vision. Churches die without vision. Vision is vital. The two V's. Vision is vital. I love how the Message Bible translates this verse. It says it this way in the Message Bible. If people can't see what God is doing. If people can't see the vision, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what He reveals, they are most blessed. And as a church, we don't want you to stumble all over yourself. So, so we have to have a God inspired vision. And we also have to communicate a God-inspired vision. And what I want to do today is I want to share with you and teach you today from a verse that has been burning on my heart the last several months in regards to our church. I've been meditating on it. God's been ministering to me from this verse of Scripture. And I I want to share it with you today, Acts 9 and verse number 31. Since then, the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened, living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It increased in numbers. I want to talk to you about five necessary qualities of a life-giving church, five necessary qualities of a life-giving church. If you're not familiar with that terminology, life-giving, how many of you have ever been to a, don't raise your hand, just kind of wink at me, You know, don't let anybody know, but you ever been to a life-sucking church? How many How many know some life-sucking people? You know what I mean? Just suck the life out of you. Well, we don't want to be a life-sucking church, we want to be a life-giving church church. And in this portion of scripture, you see five necessary qualities. You you see peace. In that verse, you see strength. You see fear of God. You see encouraged by the Holy Spirit. And you see increased in numbers. Let's talk about this today. Number one, we are a church of peace. We are a church of peace. Peace is a commodity that is highly sought after in our world. There's an absence of peace in so many people's lives, and people are searching for peace. They'll search for peace from the bottle, pills, drugs, money, sex, looking for peace. And friends, the church of Jesus Christ should be a place of peace. The scripture says in Romans chapter 14 and verse 17 through 19, this, this will be another kind of theme verse throughout the teaching today. For the kingdom of God is not, here's what the kingdom of God is not. It is not a matter of eating and drinking. So what, what is the kingdom of God about then? But of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Peace, peace, the, for the kingdom of God is, about, is, a, is a matter of peace because anyone, verse 18 says, who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification, leads to peace. There's individual peace. As followers of Christ, individually, we should have peace with God and peace with others. We should be maintaining peace with our Heavenly Father, and we want to do all that we can to have peace with other people, individual peace. And then there's corporate peace, corporate peace. You see that in organizations, you see that in companies, you you see that in, in churches, corporate, having corporate peace. Let's talk about that for a few moments. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 3 says, make every effort, every effort to keep the unity. At, at all of our locations, everybody say the word unity. unity. Yeah, yeah. Make every effort to keep the unity. How do you keep the unity? To keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. The unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. And one of the main ingredients to corporate peace is unity. And the church of Jesus Christ should be known for its Unity people's church is a unified church. We're we're unified, number one, around Jesus Christ and the Holy Bible. We're unified around Jesus Christ and the Holy Bible. At people's church, we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and the Bible is inspired by God. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 says, all scripture is God-breathed, is God-inspired. I believe the Bible from Genesis to Revelations is inspired by God. I'm so radical, I don't even believe the maps are inspired in the back of the Bible. Come on, somebody. The book's inspired. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. The Bible's inspired by God. Our methods will change, but the message of Jesus Christ will never change. The message, the message, the message will never change. The message is Jesus is the Son of God. He was born through a virgin named Mary. He lived a perfect and sinless life. He died on the cross for all of humanity's sins because sin is what separates us from God. Not only did he die on the cross, but on the third day, he rose again with all power in his hands. He defeated death, held in the grave, and has all power in his hands. And it is through placing faith in Jesus Christ, our faith in Christ, that we are forgiven of our sins and will expend eternity in a place called heaven in the presence of God. Those who do not accept Jesus Christ will, will spend eternity in a place called hell, a place where they're separated from God, The only way to the Father, the only way to be made right with God is through Jesus Christ. And at People's Church, we major on the majors. Those are the major tenets, kind of the major components of of faith through Jesus Christ. We major on the majors. But the church at large can look for reasons to be divided. I'm talking about the church, not the world. The church can look for reasons to be divided. Divided. Churches divide over eschatology. They just become divided. They're not unified. They become divided. Eschatology, the end times is what eschatology, the end times. Churches literally divide over, are you pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib? Some of you are like, what are you talking about right now, preacher? I don't know even what you're saying. And people, they, they, they split over. And not unified over over, over eschatology. There, there are churches that are not unified. They split over things. Are, are you a Calvinist or an Arminiist? Which, 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 which way do you fall? Because I don't know if I'm going to be friends with you, if we're going to get along, if we're going to worship together, if you don't see it the way that I see. And they split, split over things like that. Churches become disunified and not unified over things like speaking in tongues. So do you speak in tongues? Oh, you don't? Oh, yeah. <laughs> And they divide. So churches become, the, the, the not, not unified, they become, they become dis, disjointed over things like, so do you baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, or in Jesus' name? Which one? Here, here people church, we'll do both. Come on, come on, just come here. We'll baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. Come on out of that water. We'll take care of you. We will take care of you. Hallelujah. What I'm saying is, at People's Church, we major on the majors and not on the minors. At People's Church, we're not looking for reasons to be divided. We believe that if you are, Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, that we're actually on the same team and we ought to be pulling together and not working against one another, but working for the common goal of pointing people to Jesus Christ, the Son of God. We believe that the church of Jesus Christ should be diversified and unified at the same time. You say, preacher, that just can't be possible. You can't be diversified and unified. You can with the Holy Spirit. Came with the Holy Spirit. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Number two, diversity is not tolerated. It's celebrated at people's church. It's not tolerated. It's celebrated. A church of peace should be diversified and unified. This happens when we keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 28 says, there is neither Jew Jew. Nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one, unified. You are all one in Christ Jesus. People's church is a church where everyone is welcome. It doesn't matter the color of your skin, red, yellow, black, or white, you are welcome at people's church. Your social status doesn't matter at People's Church whether you're rich, middle class or poor, you are welcome at People's Church. Your political affiliation doesn't matter to us at People's Church whether you're Republican, Democrat, independent, I don't know what you are, you're welcome at people's church. Listen, your denominational affiliation doesn't matter to us at people's church, whether you're Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal, charismatic, Catholic, Church of Christ, Lutheran, Episcopalian, evangelical free, it doesn't matter. We are on the same team. If Jesus Christ is your Lord and is your Savior, we're on the same team. It's all about Jesus. I said, it's all about Jesus diversified and and unified at the same time, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Number three, unity, 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 peace, peace, peace. It's okay not to be okay. Number three, at People's Church, we believe it's okay not to be okay. A church of peace welcomes those who are far from God. You can come to People's Church just like you are we believe we are called to be a hospital not a retreat center or retirement home we believe you can come to people's church addicted bound lost confused you can come with your hang-ups hurts and habits you can come just like you are now how many know that there are churches that say that and i've traveled all across the nation in the world preaching And we say, You come just like you are. Oh, you came like that? (laughs) (laughs) Pastor, could I have a meeting with you? Because I just saw some folks that I'm just not sure about. Uh -uh. Just come just like you are. Luke chapter 5 and verse 30 says this about our Lord and Savior. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, who belonged to their sect, complained to his disciples Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, you want to know why we're hanging around with sinners and some of the shrewdest people on the planet, these tax collectors? He said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Jesus welcomed sinners. Let me take it a step further. Jesus hung out. With sinners, I really believe if Jesus walked the earth in 2015, some of you wouldn't like him. Religion's got the best of you, because Jesus would be hanging with sinners. Why? Because he came. He knew he was called to minister to sinners. He was called to to reach them right where they were. He he was called to it. He came to seek and to save. Those who were lost and not just to hang out with the righteous people's church is a place where you can belong before you believe. Come just like you are, hang ups. I don't know if I believe that. I don't know if I believe in you. I don't know about that faith. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I believe it like that. Just come on. Guys, just come just, I, we, we, we have a church where you can come kick the tires and check out the claims of Christ and, and check it out and be skeptical. Man, you are welcome here. Now, I have to say something else to you. We believe in the power of God. We believe you check out Jesus long enough. He's going to grab a hold of you and change your life. I believe that. It's okay not to be Okay. But it's not okay to stay that way because the power of God changes people's lives. We believe found people find people and just don't hang out with found people. Found people find people. Jesus was found, he, hang, he hung out with sinners to reach them. Found people find people. And if you're really found, you find people, you hang out with people. You're salt and you're light. It's okay. Not to be, okay, a church of peace welcomes those who are far from God. Number two is this, number two is this, number two is this. We are a church of strength, a church of strength. At People's Church, we believe our church should be full of strength. Here, here's what the script, scripture says in Acts chapter 16 and verse number five. I just wanna, I, I could just read you many verses about the chur, a church of strength. Life-giving churches are ch- churches of strength. Acts 16, verse 5. Let me just share three with you. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in numbers. Acts 18, verse 23. After spending some time in Antioch, Paul set out from there and traveled from place to place throughout the region of Galatia and Persia, strengthening all the disciples. Acts 14, verse 22. Strengthening. The disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. And at People's Church, we want to strengthen you and your family in your faith. We want to strengthen you. We are passionate about strengthening your children and your students, your teenagers in their faith. We're passionate about it, the next generation, to invest in them, to invest in kids. and We spend a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of resources, a lot of creativity to invest in our children and our teenagers. We believe that Jesus Christ deeply cares about kids and teenagers, so so do we at People's Church. We care. My, my life, I was invested in as a kid. The seeds of the gospel were placed in my heart as a kid. I remember going to the Church of Christ on Mecca and Street in up. Down in the basement, a lady named Sharon. I don't know if Precious Sharon Edmondson is still alive. And we woke her. You might be watching online today, Sharon, but you made a difference in my life. I didn't really want to be there at the time, but I was there, and we had them little flannel boards. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Some of you know you grew up in church, too, and, and they went, when all this technology we have today. Thank God for technology. We didn't have all that. Come on, you had a little picture of Noah just sitting, sitting on the flannel board with a rock. <laughs> Move him around. And Noah and Moses, and I don't know if that's Noah or Moses. They look the same. He just moved them around. You know what I'm saying? You just... But that made a difference in my life, picking me up on Saran Drive in my home on that little bus and taking me to the church house. It made a difference. And listen, kids' ministry matters. When I gave my life to Christ as a teenager, I went to First Baptist Church on Mecca Sookie Street. Come on, a lot of stuff happened on Mecca Sookie Street and we woke up. On Mecca Sookie Street. And I had a youth pastor who began to disciple me, and I began to grow in my faith on Mecca Street. I'm telling you that youth ministry made a difference in my life. It was a game changer in my life, and we will unapologetically invest in the lives of kids and teenagers, and we're going to continue to grow and improve and do better and learn more about how to invest in your children and invest in your teenagers so they can have a solid foundation laid upon Jesus Christ. We want to strengthen your relationships. From day one, our mission statement at people's church has been this. Connecting people to God and to others. Connecting people to God and to others. Come on, all of our locations, everybody say this with me. Everybody say, connecting people to God and to others. Come on, say it again. Connecting people to God and to others. That's our mission statement. We want to help you connect to God and to connect to other people. I've said this several times. I just believe it's true. The best way to grow spiritually is not just sitting in a row listening to a preacher. It's one of the ways we grow, it's important. But one of the best ways we also grow is sitting in circles with other people who share our faith and are talking to grow. And here, here, here's the key people's church. At a church, you won't know everybody. That's not even the goal. But you should know somebody. You should know somebody that knows you and you're doing life with and you're, and you're talking to in the church. And they even know when you're not here. And you, 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 you ought to know somebody. Grow with somebody. The strength of our church, the strength of our church is Relationships. It's knowing each other. It's connecting with somebody. It's being in a community group. It's so important. It's biblical and so important. Relationships are the foundation of our church. And you've got to make effort. Listen, you are missing out on all that God has for you. If your church experiences this, you come on Sunday, you show up three minutes late, so you're not talking about him. <laughs> then you duck out right when I say amen, and you scoot out of here, and you don't know anybody. That that is just not what church is all about. And I want you to be strengthened, connecting people to God and to others. And people say, well, that's why I don't like the big churches, because you don't know everybody in the big churches. Well, you don't know everybody in a church of 150. <laughs> so that, that's not even the goal to know everybody. But you got to know somebody. you got to have relationships. It's the strength. It's the glue of the church. And as we grow larger as a church, it's imperative that we grow smaller through relationships. We want to strengthen your relationship with God. Here's the primary way that we do this at People's Church. Here's my goal as your pastor. I want to encourage you and strengthen you to take the next step in your spiritual journey. And that's different for all of you. But I want you to take the next step in your spiritual journey. Some of you, your next step is salvation. It's actually to cross the line of faith and to give your life to Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you to take the next step, to strengthen you to take the next step. Some of you, it's going to First Step. First Step is kicking off on all of our locations. Next week, we had graduates this week. We want you to go to First Some of you, that's your next step to grow in your faith is to go to First Step. Some of you, it's Wednesday Night Connection. Come on our Wednesday night. Our Wednesday night activities are kicking back off for adults. And come get plugged in, grow spiritually. Some of you, you know what your next step is? It's to start reading your Bible every day and praying. That's your. I want to encourage it. That's your next step to strengthen your faith. I want you to take the next step. Start reading your Bible daily, praying daily. Some of you, your next step is to be in church faithfully. Some of you, you come once a month or twice a month or once every eight weeks. Make that commitment. Say, I'm going to be in the house of God on a weekly basis as much as possible. I'm going to be in God's house. That's my next step in my faith journey. Some of you, it's attending a community group. You say, well, Pastor, I used to do that. I did that. My schedule's changed. I understand. But you got to take that step of faith. The next step and get plugged in and grow spiritually with other people. Some of you, it's not it's not just attending a group. It's starting to lead a community group. It's, like, I'm going to lead one. I'm going to invest in others. God has deposited in my life. I'm going to start depositing in other people's life. It's leading a community group. For some of you, your next step is, I'm going to start stepping out of faith and start tithing. And some of you say, I do tithe. You, God, your next step is, I'm going to start giving offerings above the tithe. Some of you, your next step is to break free from old habits. You've got old habits and old thinking patterns. God is, he's, he's renewing all of us. He's transforming all of us. And he's speaking to all of us in areas of our life to take the next step. Get rid of that habit. Stop that. Change that. He's working on us to take that next step. Some of you, is fasting. It's starting to fast. He said, well, pastor, when are we going to do that as a church? Next week. It's your next step. To give up desserts. To give up meats. To miss a meal or two. You won't die. I promise you won't. And pray. Give up television. Give up the phone for a week. And seek the faith. We want to strengthen you. We are a church of strength. We want you to connect with God. And connect with others. Number three is this. We are a church that fears God. That fears God. As a church, we must fear God. We can't experience God's best for our lives. And for our church. If we don't fear God. When we fear God, you know it because it changes how we live, it changes how we talk, it changes how we treat other people. Romans chapter 14 verse 17 says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, right living, peace and joy in in the Holy Spirit. Fearing God changes how we live. Psalms chapter 111 verse 10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. To him belongs eternal praise. If we're going to walk in wisdom individually and corporately, we must fear God. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 23: the fear of the Lord leads to life. Then one rests content, untouched by trouble. Abundant life happens by fearing God. We are a church that fears God, that reverences God, that honors God, that wants to please Him and honor Him and live by His Word. Number four is this. We are a church encouraged by the Holy Spirit. Encouraged by the Holy Spirit. People's church believes the church should be full of joy and encouragement, Romans 14, verse 17, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy. Come on, everybody, shout joy. Joy Joy in the Holy Spirit. When God's Spirit is at work in a church, people become more righteous. They fear God. People obtain and maintain peace with God and with others. Peace, peace, peace. And people are full of joy. They are encouraged and, and also encouraging. Acts chapter 15, verse 32, it's all throughout the scriptures. It says, Judas and Silas, who themselves were prophets, said much to encourage and strengthen the believers. Notice those two coupled together. Encouraged and strengthen the believers. People's church is a place where you can be strengthened and receive encouragement. And no matter what you're facing in life, we believe Jesus can bring the victory. We believe that. Listen. When everybody else thinks the worst about you, People's Church believes the best about you. We believe in you as a church. We say it around here all the time, the best is yet to come. I believe that with all of my heart. Some people say, well, I don't believe that. Look around the world, the best is not yet to come. Well, if you're a child of God, I read the end of the book, you win, you go to heaven. The best is yet to come. The best, we believe the best about you and for your life, a church of encouragement. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 2 says, we sent, we sent Timothy, who is our brother and co-worker in God's service in spreading the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you in your faith. Friends, God wants to send you to encourage others in our church. We should be known for our joy. our encouragement we should be known as children of God for our positive outlook upon life joy in the Holy Spirit I got headline breaking news for you newsflash this is huge this is gonna be a game changer for somebody it's headline breaking news negativity and complaining is not a spiritual gift you're kidding, Pat. No, it's, it's not. You won't find it in the Bible. You look at all the different gifts the gifts from the Father, gifts from the Son, gifts from the Holy Ghost. You never find complaining and negativity. I know, you know, people mask it in all kinds of ways, mask it, you know, kind of decorate it up and put polish on it, but it's, it's, it's still not a spiritual gift. We should be known for our joy and our encouragement. We are a church encouraged by the Holy Spirit. Number five is this. Number five is this. We are a church. That's all about more changed lives, more changed lives. We believe when the Holy Spirit is moving in our church, lives are changed and our church will grow. You see this all throughout the New Testament church. Let let me just give you some some examples here. Acts chapter 2 and verse 41, watch what happens when the Holy Spirit is moving. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day last year in 2014 we baptized almost a thousand people in water this year we are on we are on pace to do the same as a church lives are being changed church family let's let's never take for granted let's let's never become just accustomed to and think it's just kind of normal what god is doing let's always celebrate the fact that Jesus is changing lives by the power of the Holy Spirit, and around a thousand people we baptized in water this year, giving their life to Christ, going public with their faith, and the Holy Spirit is moving on hearts and lives. Acts chapter two, verse forty-seven, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily. I love that. Added to their number daily, those who were being saved. Acts 16, verse 5, so the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in numbers. Acts 4, and verse 4, but many who heard the message believed, so the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. The scripture that's been burning on my heart the last several months, Acts 9:31. then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened, living in the fear of the Lord, and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, It Increased in numbers and at people's church. We are passionate about reaching people Far from God. We are not we are not trying to keep people out of church Please hear me. We are not trying to keep people out of our church. We're trying to get people in We're not trying to build walls to keep people out We're trying to build bridges to our community to get people people in. We are not consumed by the number of people who are attending our campuses, our churches. We're not consumed by that. We are consumed by the number of people who do not attend any church at all. They're far from God. They don't know the Lord. That number consumes us. That There are people who do not know Jesus, who are not living for Him, and God has called us to do our part in reaching people who are far from God. God, it is our heavenly Father's heart that no one should perish and that everyone would come to everlasting life, eternal life, would repent and accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Savior. That is our heavenly Father's heart, and that is the heartbeat of people's church, and we will do all we can to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, all we can. That's why we have the Day of Hope. See so what's the day of hope? Why don't we spend $40,000 to bless our community? Why, why do we go to schools and fix them up? Why do we? Because we're building bridges to our city. So we're here. We love you. The church loves you. God loves you. We're here for you. We, we want you to know we care. I was so blessed interacting with people yesterday, talking and hearing their stories and going, this, this is church? This is a church. Why the church does this? We're building bridges. Because we believe everybody needs to know Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior, everybody. Right now we're we're planning. We're, we're in the planning stages. With I'm talking to some of the people in our church who are part of the prison ministry, part of the prison system, working in the prison system, about going into the prisons. And we we, we I, I can't wait to unfold some of this to you. We're we're just we're, we're getting all of the details together. But we're talking about taking people's church into the prison and. Having services on a weekly basis in some in some prisons and to be to provide ministry because why because we're not trying to keep people out we're trying to reach everybody we can with the good news of Jesus Christ no matter where they are in life God loves them and we believe the best about them and there's hope for them through Jesus Christ and so we're looking about how do we expand it our pris- into prison into prisons so so we're working on that I, I, I'm excited about what the Lord is doing listen we're going to implement some some recovery programs that we just feel are so vital for not only your lives but for our city. So many people are addicted and bound and trapped, and we're looking to implement some recovery ministry to see people set free, and we're not going to say, oh, no, 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 do you you attend people's church? Well, you're not welcome if you don't attend. No, no, come in. We want to see the power of God set you free. We're trying to build bridges to our city and not keep people out. Listen, we're going to continue to plant churches around America and the world. Some of you don't know this, but we're a part of an organization called Association of Related Churches. I'm on the lead team of part on this organization, and we meet two or three times a year and have conferences and so on and so forth. But one of the, the thrust of this ministry is to start churches across the, 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 the planet and especially right now in America, but we're expanding around the world as well. And we, th- th- through ARC, Association of Related Churches, we have started over five Hundred churches throughout the United States of America over the last 12 years or so. God is at work. We're a part of that. We take a percentage of our income and we go help start churches around the world. We're not just about people's church. We're about the church of Jesus Christ at large. We're unified to reach people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Listen, we're going to continue to start more people's church locations. We're going to do all we can as God leads. God, God, God will open up the door in Indianapolis, and we felt the Lord working in that, and we already got around 130 to 150 people on our launch team. I can't wait to start that location. As God opens doors, we're going to step through those doors as God leads. Why? To reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ. God hadn't called us to reach everybody, but he's called us to do our part in reaching everybody that he's called us to reach, and we're going to do our part to reach people who are far from God. We're going to use live preachers. Chris? and in an app is going to preach live. He's going to be a live preacher and he's going to preach 35 times a year. I'll preach 10 or so times, thank God for technology. We're going to use technology so I can be there and preach some to that uh, that location as well. We're going to use live preachers in the future. We're going to continue to plant campuses with live preachers and we're going to also leverage technology. I believe technology is something that ought to be redeemed and used to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I know some of you say, "Well, technology is of the devil." You don't believe that. You got a phone. You don't believe us of the devil. I know you search the web, going to Amazon to buy your stuff. You don't believe us of the devil. I don't either. I believe we ought to leverage it to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we're going to leverage it. We'll have video campuses to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're going to do everything we can for one purpose, to see more changed lives. That's what it's about. Jesus Christ changes lives, and we're going to do all we can started this church at 26 with a vision and a dream with 65 people today I'm 40 and we're just getting started we are just getting started buckle up and get ready for the ride of your life as we continue to do all we can to reach people to grow people to disciple people